Oh, wig. It's hot local singles. Wiglets assemble. We have beef and we need your help. Oh, yeah, we do. We need to take her <laughs> down, destroy her career for copying. There's a really familiar fruit. Mm. <laughs> Hi, Wiglets. Hi, Wiglets. Assemble. Listen, FK Twigs has an album out. <laughs> One is begging me to cancel this episode, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be silent. I'm like, take it from the top, sis. No, let's keep going. <laughs> FK Twigs called her fans Twiglets on Twitter this week. Mm-hmm. It does really roll off the tongue that fruit, don't you think? That fruit, well, yeah, it does because we coined it, obviously. Wiglets. Obviously, she's a fan. I mean, she's Mm. obviously checking up on us, constantly listening to the podcast, and then stole it because it was so catchy. (laughs) It's just so good. I mean, it is a good name. It's a pretty good name, to be honest. But I searched her tweets, and it's the first time she's ever said, she's ever uttered the phrase, Twiglets. Twiglets. So just, you know, Wiglets came first and never forget that. Never forget that, yeah. What was the what was the reference or what was the sentence? It was like Twiglets assemble, right? Twiglets assemble, yeah. <laughs> it kind of I want to I want to be honest. It kind of sounds better Twiglets than Wiglets. How dare you, <laughs> <laughs> Twigglinus? Um, Twiglets does have that hard consonant. That sounds so yeah, nice. Yeah. It's true. But Wiglets is so much funner because it's like wig, whereas twig is no. No. no one cares about a twig. Everyone cares about a wig. Everyone cares about a wig. Wig is in itself. It's an, an expression of awe and like excitement. Oh, wig. No one says, oh, twig. No one says a twig and they could never <laughs> say a twig. And she knows that. That's the worst part. <laughs> That's the worst part. I mean, anyways, we have a fan in London, UK. And her name is FK Twigs. Yeah. Hi, listener. Hi, <laughs> listener. <laughs> Hi, listener. It's January 19, I think. No, 18. Um, you don't have to like say the date like it's a hostage video. <laughs> <laughs> Put up the newspaper. Holding up the newspaper. <laughs> the Daily um, Mail. No, I'm just I'm just saying the date so they know that it's like, okay, we're recording this like five days or something after the new album, Capri Songs, came out. Mm-hmm. As a Capricorn, how do you feel about that title? I think it's disingenuous. Because Capricorns really? don't care about astrology. That's tea. Capricorns are like too busy to even. Capricorns famously don't even think about it. Yeah. The only time I think about Capricorns are when, um, sorry, the only time I think about astrology is when Capricorns tell me that they don't care about astrology. And it's like, yeah, because you're a Capricorn. (laughs) Is this a logic loop? Like, I think I'm onto something. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know many Capricorns that have asked about astrology. But I can see that because the, the archetype of the Capricorn is that they're very busy and working, workaholics. So you wouldn't yeah. have really free time to read horoscopes. But I do appreciate like Capricorn um, culture, Capricorn representation, because actually there isn't that much. Is Twigs one of them? She must be. Yeah, it was just her birthday. You don't think there's that much? In what sense? <laughs> I don't think there's any. <laughs> Like, I don't think anyone knows anything about Capricorns. No. What do you no. mean? Of course <laughs> we do. <laughs> There's not enough Capricorn pop stars. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, now he's said yeah. I'm happy to have Twigs. That's a good one. 
That's a good one. That's a good one. I wonder if it, if she. Oh wait, Zayn Malik is a Capricorn, so there you go. You're set for life. Oh, that's hard. You know what? It just. I know I said I don't Chubby believe in astrology, Chaser. but all these people are such Capricorns. Wow. Dolly Parton, she's a Capricorn. I mean, funding a vaccine is such a Capricorn move. She funded a vaccine? Yeah, she gave a bunch of money for, um, I think it was a Moderna one. Okay, that probably paid off pretty well. Yeah. At least it wasn't AstraZeneca. Or- <laughs> I know, a flop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Found dead. Speaking of British flops, Capri songs. <laughs> Yeah. No, honestly, wait. No, no, no. It wasn't it wasn't a flop. <laughs> wait, I'm gonna call in the twiglets in a minute. <laughs> the twiglets are rounding up outside my home. They're like banging on your windows. Pitchforks in here. So should we talk about the uh theme, let's say, of this of this project by FK Twigs? Yeah, you mean like the um, like the critical perception? Is that what you said? No, the theme, theme like Okay, can oh, I just theme. say, being in London, yeah. actually, the delay is longer, period. Oh, you think? Well, it has to travel across the ocean. It's literally being transatlantic, our vibe. Yeah. I'm setting my vibe well, you know, to you across the ocean. <laughs> the internet is just a bunch of uh, tubes under sea, so it makes sense. Yeah. Cool. So, <laughs> <laughs> so moving on. <laughs> so, twigs. Twigs. So, it's a mixtape theme yeah. or like a cassette tape theme oh right? i guess that's what the voice notes are it's supposed to be like it's funny because last week we had a radio themed album yeah. and this week we have a cassette tape themed album so we're kind of going back yeah. in time i assume eight track is next <laughs> and then vinyl i don't know smoke signals <laughs> after that and then just someone makes an album that is like only live music because it's like before the era of recorded music yeah. <laughs> that would be a cool concept actually like spoken word just telling stories <laughs> much like this podcast so capri songs okay yeah so the theme i didn't catch on that actually on the i will say i didn't listen to start to finish i kind of just shuffled around a few oh, songs no <laughs> yeah i get mad I, I no it's okay yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it is indeed a mixtape and that was my first issue with before i even listened to it i was ready to hate because as i mentioned last week with Twigs, I don't like that she's so baity of like critical acclaim. Like she, every, to me, it seems like every move she does is so calculated to mm. be like seen in the eyes of critics as being like I don't know. She thinks too much about the critics. Is what I'm trying to say, I guess. Yeah. And I hate, hate. And I tweeted about this, but thankfully I didn't get any traction because it was like an unfair tweet. But I hate when people or artists call things mixtapes because right. to me it's like or I'm, I'm projecting but especially in twig's case i just see it as like you're just not willing to take over like you're doing this and just throwing it out there i was like oh this is not really pr- a real project because you're too too scared that it won't garner the same like critical acclaim that all of her other shit does hmm. because it doesn't have like like something like mary magdalene has like a very obvious like thematic through line visually and like conceptually or whatever yeah and i feel like she was afraid of just making music. Like, just make music, sis. That's your job. We don't need it to be like this highly intellectualized and conceptualized body of work. There's something beautiful about an album that is just a collection of songs yeah. that reflect your mood just because they're all together. Like, it doesn't have to be this like super thought out thing. And I think that's my main issue with Twigs. That I think I, I feel like everything she does seems really, really like intellectualized and really pandering to like critics 
So that was my before listening to the album. But I, when I listened to it, I did like a lot of it. How did mm. you feel about it? Well, I agree with you that Twigs, she's always been more aesthetic for me than musical. Yeah. Because she has yeah, this like, sure. artistic opaqueness that like, mm-hmm. honestly kind of has always driven me crazy. Like trying to listen to her music. I went to see her live because like I, oh, you did. I appreciate her. Same, same, same. But it's like the songs for me often aren't there. Same, 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 like same, one same. song on each album that is like, that actually feels like a song or something, you know, that actually feels like yeah, pop. Like Sad Day. Yeah, exactly. Which I believe is, um, one of her songs is in a perfume ad right now, like an older song. Oh. And um, it's like, yeah, that's an amazing song because it's a full song. It has yeah, like yeah. the pop music form. So yeah, it's funny to call a group of actual pop songs a mixtape, but I guess it's not wrong. I mean... It's just, it's not themed, but it does have this overarching kind of thread of friends talking to her Mm. throughout it. Yeah. I did see some, some voice notes. I did hear some like voice recordings. It's voice notes. Yeah, exactly. So she talked about it on Twitter. Um, Days after she absolutely molested our fan group name, she... (laughs) Not molested. (laughs) Please. Please. No, please. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, Twigs, please stop. Please stop. Twigs, please don't steal our ideas. Literally. Um, it's too late for that. It's too late, it's for, too that. late for that. Yeah. But anyway, she says, she's talking about how during the last lockdown, she was um, planning this album, essentially. And she said, I listened to podcasts and Ooh. spoke to my friends loads on FaceTime. Wait, listen to podcast you know which one specifically (laughs) (laughs) you know what i'm getting upset (laughs) the self-incrimination is just too much to bear literally sorry keep going little wiglet (laughs) (laughs) thank you little wiglet i listened to podcasts and spoke to my friends loads on facetime isolating alone i would pop my girlfriends on loudspeaker and potter around my house she's so british it's easy to forget that (laughs) listening to them matter on about this and that as our lives got smaller there was less to talk about i found the search for connection and even the most simple conversations incredibly comforting when i went out i would find myself listening in on other people talking and imagining what it would be like to hang out with those nattering strangers. Okay. I loved catching sound bites of the world around me and filling in the blanks. My imagination was set alight. I started recording my friends talking and weaved it through the mixtape like a narrative of my healing. Having such wonderful people around me to laugh with made me feel lucky. If you are lonely or feel isolated or void of encouragement, I feel bad for you. <laughs> by your immediate circle, you can borrow my friends on the mixtape. Oh. Yeah. So she is kind of a podcast stan. I need to see her podcast app. I know. I wonder what she's listening to. Maybe the Charlie one. Then where's Charlie on the mixtape? I scream. <laughs> yeah. Because there are moments when she sounds like Charlie, don't you think? Yeah, there is. Yeah. Going back to what I was saying earlier, but then don't you see how, what I mean, like, so this is an album. This is an album. There, there's no reason yeah, for is. this to not be called an album. It has a theme. It has like a, a, a cohesive idea. It does. And what I'm finally knowing is that she only named it a mixtape because I think she just wasn't sure about how it was going to be received critically because it has like it has like artists featured on it or something it's not her vision yeah and it's not as like her music is always so heady like cerebral and it's not that this time so maybe she was like what are people going to think maybe i don't know i think that's a good guess i mean it does seem to be 
on her label, unlike the Charlie mixtapes. Yeah, exactly. Not. Exactly. Like they're to me, they're just like to the public. I me mean, as a like an audience, there's no difference between this and her previous work, previous work. Okay, the difference is so I, I really enjoy listening to it. <laughs> Like front so to back, <laughs> it's really, really good shit. <laughs> this reminds me of I remember like back in 2019. I don't think it was on pod. I think it was on text. We talked about Magdalene because there was a really famous Anya Kachinian t- tweet <laughs> where she <laughs> where she was like, uh, "Twigs hides mediocrity behind experimentalism." Oh. Mm-hmm. And I think you sort of agree with that. And I didn't at the time because I didn't find it to be that experimental. Mm-hmm. But when I see this, it's like, okay, now I see what you mean. Because mm-hmm. like those, like, yeah, it's very like cerebral. I wouldn't say experimental because it's still very poppy, but it's just like, whatever. So in, in any case, yeah. what I'm trying to say is then, then this comes out and you see her actually doing actual pop music. And it's like, okay, you can do it. You just don't want to. I think like she ran out of road with- Right, with her arty persona being like a difficult art artist. Like, I honestly think if she did another cerebral, as you say, album, I think there would have been literal backlash. Like, I don't think anyone wants that right now. Yeah. No, no one wants that. That's true. And there's already backlash around her in general that I've seen recently. Go on. Just like, I think people have started cutting on to the act. Yeah. Of of it all, for sure. 100%. Which means this is perfect timing. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, she's like a really lame theater geek at the end of the day, um, mm. let's be honest. So I feel like when people started noticing that, I've started seeing a bit of backlash. But yeah, it's a perfect time for this. So let's get into the music. Sorry, I'm talking very no, I like it. like broadly about Twigs and not so much about the album. Honestly, I need to re-listen to Magdalene because um, I kind of yeah, forget it completely. Magdalene? Like that wasn't that long ago, though, oh, was it? It was right before the pandemic. Yeah, not that long ago at all. Weird. It was 2019. Yeah. I uh, I mean, El Guincho kind of tore it. He's all over this album. Oh, what he, did he produce? Literally 90% of the songs I saw his name under. T. The only one I didn't see his name under was Which Way, which is actually that a stand-up. That one was one of my faves. So yeah. fucking good. Mike Dean so did that good. one. Yeah, Mike oh, Dean of course. Of like Kanye fame, essentially. Like 808s yeah. and Heartbreaks fame. Exactly. That... That beat is stunning. Yeah. I relate a lot to the story about her quitting her job because it didn't feel... I left my job because it didn't feel right. Left, right, left, left right. Left, right. I also did that. <laughs> I did that. I regret it. But <laughs> First of all, the great resignation. Like, that is ripped from <laughs> the headline. The honesty. Yeah. It's very topical for sure. That one feels like a TikTok to me. I'll say that. And that's a compliment. It isn't always, but in this case, it is. Yeah. Um. I feel like there's a moment in there that could be a TikTok anyway. Um, least favorite song, the one with Daniel Caesar. Never liked it. Oh, uh, yes. Boring yes. song. That is not even, that's a bad song. That is a straight up yeah. lifted from hip hop beats to study to. Literally, yeah. Literally. It's disgusting. I was like, I listened to it first actually. Ugh. And I was ready to hate because I was like, if this is what the album's going to be like, this is literally the worst thing she's ever done. Yeah, you're right. But yeah. that, I think that's literally <laughs> the worst song she's done. I, hate I think it. so I hate too. It. There's just nothing happening. And Daniel Caesar is yeah. like wet cardboard to me anyway. But like, yeah, the beat didn't match the rest of the album either. So scrap it. Another one that I love, or I didn't, I don't know if I love it. I just have a heart in it on Spotify is Oh My Love. I actually don't remember what it sounds like. Anyways, that one has a heart. So I guess I liked it. I guess you liked it. Yeah. 
Those are honestly the only ones I remember the names of. The Shy Girl one is called Poppy Bones. Oh, yeah. I like that one, too. I liked it. Shy Girl, I'm not sure added much, if anything. Exactly. Agreed. Yeah. So that's too bad. I liked it. It's not my favorite, but I like this one. I think we talked about the weekend collab last time or the time before, but... Maybe, yeah. I might have been Patreon. I don't remember. I, I, I don't think it's that, but I don't think it's bad. I think it's pretty good for a weekend song. I've warmed up to it. I've warmed up to it a lot, yeah. I used to hate it when it came out. I didn't hate it, but I thought it was like, bah, when it came out, but I, I get it now. It makes sense in the, within the album. Album. Yeah. It does, yeah. It's like a really nice, actually, um, Breath of Fresh Air being the fourth mm-hmm. song on the album. And honestly, the interludes, I've heard much worse ones. You know, I've heard ones <laughs> on our bestie, Tinashe's albums that are much less impactful than these ones. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, I feel like her friends are really supportive and I really needed to hear some of the things they were saying. Mm-hmm. Oh, which reminds me, we haven't discussed about, I don't, we probably want to get too deep into it, but this album, a lot of the criticism or like the, not the criticism, the um, write-ups on it have focused on the Shia LaBeouf thing because a lot of the themes seem to fall in line with the fact that she called out Shia back in 2020, I think. Oh. Or something. For being like an abusive boyfriend or something. So a lot of the themes in the album are about like abusive relationship or like just bad bad men in general. Oh. So it's very easy to read through the lens of those accusations. That's weird because to me it sounds like she's partying and fucking. She's partying, yeah, it's true. I guess she can be doing both. Maybe it was the Oh My Love one. There's like a friend talking about how, or there's another song on the, al- on the album where a friend is talking about how she was seeing the quote unquote seeing this guy and this guy brought her to see his family and then at the end the guy was like oh we're just we're just fucking around we're nothing so like that's yeah. one instance where it's oh, okay so it's about bad boys boys being bad to women vibes oh my god true yeah maybe it's like more that scattered throughout lovely. but <laughs> literally <laughs> guys are kind of crazy like that here, <laughs> T-T. Uh, from personal experience or yeah they do these um, like grand gestures and then they have like no intention of actually kind of ever seeing you again love bombing that is what it's called yeah that's what they that's call the it definition. these days yeah um, literally it's you... so big here it's taking off it's trending well because everyone's rich so they can afford to bomb each other um I have I a question yeah. have you dated any mm. finance gays or like hooked up with no not that I know of yeah team We'll just get into it. Why? Why finance gays? Well, because they're rich. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well. And London has a ton of them, famously. Well, finance people. I'm assuming there's a couple of gays in there. Yeah. I mean, creative jobs pay well here, too. That's the kind of twist. Um, Oh, interesting. You know, like, people can be rich and, like, do graphic design at ASOS. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of actually scary when you put it like that. (laughs) (laughs) Is that what you want to be rewarding society? Graphic design analysis? <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> Certainly more than finance, though. So keep going. Graphic designers <laughs> of the world. <laughs> so I don't know. That's the Twix album. I like it. I, I like uh, it. want to listen to it with friends. I wanted to hate it more, but I, I can't because there's some good you music really, there. You wanted to hate it. The music's just yeah, good. The music's good. I can't lie about that. You need to listen on headphones or like earbuds or yeah, used to do set of speakers because coming from my computer, it literally sounded so boring. The entire album sounded so flat. It all sounds like the same thing without headphones. Like yeah, the, why all the songs is that? sound the same. I guess maybe it's very bass heavy, so you really need like yeah. 
maybe that's, I don't know, but I had the same issue where I was listening to it the first time and I was like, I don't even know. It's all the songs together. And I did have that yeah. issue, to be fair. I like some of the songs, but I did have some issues with like, it came coming out of one year and like coming out the other. Like it's not mm. a super memorable body of work. I'll say that. But I don't oh. think it was meant to be, I don't think it was meant to be like a groundbreaking, I don't know. Like it's not. No. Yeah. It's good music. It just doesn't stick with, it didn't stick with me for like hours after I wasn't like repeating the melodies. Interesting. I think I am doing that. I think it's like mm. the most British album I've heard in a long time. <laughs> like, I think it's like, I mean, literally I always would forget that she's English and British. I'm never going to forget that anymore. Yeah. Like I'm trying to remember the song. I think it's Honda, the second song. Honda? Honda. It's just like, it's just like going to be on the radio, you know? Right. It's kind of crazy because she doesn't really have that in her body of work. She doesn't have, she doesn't have melodies, not to be shady, but she just doesn't have melodies until this album. Let's be honest. Maybe a couple in 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 LP. That album was great. LP2, was it called? LP1, no, LP2, the one with the blue cover. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was great. Two Weeks is a great song. I love that song. It's so good, yeah. She's never had like this much rhythm before or something. Yeah. Like that, so much that's percussion. It. It's rhythm, yeah. It's not a melody, it's rhythm. Higher tempo. Because, yeah, she's always been able to sing, we think. Oh, yeah. She's a, a gifted vocalist, um, very capable, like, conceptual artist. Yeah. I think for me it was, like, a lack of melodies and rhythm often in her music that made it, like... Yeah, less accessible. Made it challenging, yeah, challenging in a way that didn't really need to be, because it's not, you're not, yeah. like, Lamont Young, you're not a, an experimental musician, you're a pop star. So it yeah. makes sense that you'd make pop at some point. Um, I will say, I have, like love-hate relationship with her. I What you mm. said at the beginning, like I really respect her presence, but she's not one of my top faves at all. I'm still like reeling from when she was doing that really corny voguing era back in like 2015. Yeah. That really painted a bad picture of her in my mind. Like, oh, those, she had a couple of videos where it was just like a bunch of like really corny Brooklyn guys literally wearing Google Glass. You remember that? Mm -hmm. Literally wearing Google Glass and doing this like, RuPaul's Drag Race voguing because it wasn't even like whatever it was very talented voguing but it was just like a bit corny to me that's when I sort of started having doubts about her yeah which she then east with I really like Magdalene Mary Magdalene or whatever yeah. it's called but anyways yeah she's I appreciate her in the music landscape she'll never be my fave but I respect people who have her as a fave and that's it so later on in that tweet thread I was reading before she says, each album I go off and learn a craft. Okay. LP1 was to produce and Vogue. Okay. Magdalene was to pole dance and wushu, which I guess is the sword fighting. Oh, probably, yeah. yeah. Capri songs, I learned to laugh again and remember who I am. So that's her, um, that's her craft. <laughs> okay, mama. Try to, try to monetize that craft if you can. But she's going like full hun this time. Like she's fully just partying and like yeah, that's being true. out late is like her personality now. And Which honestly, I don't mind it. Yeah, I don't mind yeah. it at all. It's novel enough at this point. Yeah. Um, based on the state of the world. I guess it's less less self-serious for one. So I guess and we both respond to that, I feel like music that isn't too like serious about itself. So yeah, yeah. we would both like this project for sure. It's like it's produced in a thoughtful way. But it's not, yeah, it's not, it's not taking itself so seriously that it's mm. like not even letting it drop. Yeah, literally, like yeah. Drop. yeah. Have you listened to her song with Dua Lipa? Okay, 
No, but thank you for bringing it up because there's an interlude in the album where mm. there's this gay guy being like, girl, release the song with Dua Lipa. I'm that gay guy. You are that gay guy. So you love that leaked song with Dua Lipa? Yeah, it's really, really good. She performed it uh, when Dua Lipa did like a disco to 2054 or whatever. Oh. It's a really good song. And vocally, it's really interesting because Twigs is like whispering in a way that she, ha- I mean, she whispers all the time, but it's a bit different than usual. It's a really, really good Twig song that I'm really sad is not on this project because it would have fit perfectly. It's playful, it's sensual, it's not your show Twigs. So it really, and obviously she considered putting in the album because she would not have included that voice note had she not. Yeah. So maybe she gave it away to Dua or something happened. But I do think that song is better than most of the songs on this Oh my God, it's giving No Angel with the teases. (laughs) Like, Charlie teased No Angel for fucking years. Okay, I'm going to listen to this Twigs and Dua Lipa song. Is this it? (laughs) I really like the opener is what I like the most. Like, that bit. Okay, I kind of get why it's not on the album, but I do, I will be returning to that, you know? <laughs> I will be listening to that again. Yeah. Um, it doesn't quite fit. It almost fits, though. I, I think it. it would fit because it's like if, whatever. I mean, I'm not going to get into the argument again, but if it's a mixtape, it should yeah. be like elastic and it doesn't even do whatever you want. Fit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it has literally hundreds of thousands of views. So, yeah, I think there's something, behind, there's something behind just that. It's going to make it more popular. Yeah. Yeah. That song is going maybe the next album. It's going somewhere for sure. I don't know. Maybe I'm sick of Dua's voice. That could be it. I do think Dua, not Ruins, but Twigs is the stronger part of that song, which is why I I thought it's a Twig song. I'm pretty sure it is a Twig song, not a Dua song. Um, Hmm. But who knows? Who knows? Maybe it is a a Dua song after all. Because she's on the chorus, it sounds like. Yeah, you're right. Um, Anyways, Twigs, I guess we can forgive the whole Twiglet thing. I mean, you speak for yourself. Yeah. No, I'm just working it out. Can we, as a podcast, can we Processing. Forget? Well, the f- the fruit will always be familiar. I might. Yeah. What's the, the hills saying? The hills? I will forgive you, but I'll never forget it. Or something like that. What do, what do they say on Housewives? Like, I, I receive that. <laughs> yeah, they always say that. I receive <laughs> Twiglets, but I don't approve of Twiglets. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I respect it, but I will not endorse it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, thanks, Twigs. Thanks for nothing. They literally give us, cut us a check. Should we talk about Aaliyah? Yeah. The elephant in the room. <laughs> you already called me? <laughs> you literally <laughs> waited for me. <laughs> you actually waited for me to come. Right to on cue. That. I looked you right in the eye. No, <laughs> I'm well known for making jokes at my expense. Um, but yeah, so Aaliyah, can you tell me what happened? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can tell you. So we talked about this a bit last year. Mm-hmm. It was a big issue about the potential of new Aaliyah music coming out. <laughs> the thread. I guess there's all these unreleased, the thread, is that how you say yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The thread of all this music. There's all these unreleased masters, I guess, or demos, I guess. Yeah. Her estate, which I guess is her literal family, usually is, versus yeah. her uncle's record label called Blackground. Interesting. So at the time, I don't really think we knew which was like 
the good party and the evil party, you know? Right, like, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, who, like who knows? Yeah. Um, the estate was the one releasing all the statements, being like, there's going to be unauthorized stuff coming out that we don't approve of. In retrospect, maybe we should have known, because when has an uncle ever had a good business plan? You know what I mean? <laughs> Uncles are always coming up with the most fucked up ways to make money. <laughs> Uncles are known for just, like, hustling the worst of ways. Their grind set is unstoppable. Yeah. I Sorry to from, pun. I speak from the position... The, exper- the lived experience of being a gay uncle and my oh. grind is both regarded and unstoppable yeah. so, <laughs> I don't work smart I work hard you rise and grind yeah. my uncle in Florida was really into prefabricated homes like homes that came off of an assembly line yeah. in the mid 2000s so you can imagine how that ended up just oh, years oh, the later oh the mid 2000s <laughs> <laughs> Just prior to like the biggest financial crisis, housing crisis ever. Until this next one, oh, dare yeah. I say, but yeah. Um, yeah, so anyways, basically what I'm trying to get at is Aaliyah's uncle won and has this album coming out right. later this month, apparently. Um, no date has been released, but a track list has been released featuring the featured artists, right? They're all men. <laughs> they mm-hmm. are Snoop Dogg. Future, Neo, and Drake. According to Dazed, Neo is the only unproblematic one on that list. Oh my God. Thanks, Dazed. Like, according to Thanks, like, Dazed. <laughs> what judgment call was me? How is Snoop problematic? He's like so iconic. I've never heard of that either. Yeah. yeah I didn't look it up. Everyone loves Snoop Dogg. We know the Chris Brown issue, which I forgot. Yeah, of course. Him. Chris Brown's on it too. Future, I mean, I'm always mad at Future for being mean to Sierra, which I think is valid. Exact, yeah. I love Future's music, but as a gay guy, I have to side with Sierra. So yeah, I agree with that. And then Drake is like, um, he texts too much. <laughs> Texting the text man for text. He texts uh, Millie Bobby Brown and other <laughs> underage women, I guess. Perfect, yeah, that's what it is. And Neo's unproblematic and honestly, in my opinion, a king. Who? Neo. No, I don't know anything about his like life. Neo's an unproblematic king. That's my official take on the matter. What about The Weeknd? I guess from Toronto is this? The Weeknd is the only song that's out. It's called right. Poison. Um, that came out in December randomly. No one moved. <laughs> Literally no one moved. I didn't know until you sent it to me today. I didn't even know. Let's talk about Poison in a second. But the issue with the track list is... Oh yeah, you sent me a link. People were mad that there's no female features. I think was what you sent me. People are mad because apparently... All of these men are abusers. Right, I think right, we right. know some of them are. Oh, for sure. But also, like, Aaliyah has inspired so many women whose names we can't keep out of our mouths week in, week out, mm-hmm. that it just makes sense to have... Twigs. Twigs, honestly. Honestly, for sure. Tanache, obviously. Sierra, Kalani. Oh, yeah. Even, like, Rochelle Jordan, you know? That would have actually been really, really cool That when you think about it. It doesn't even have to be this, like, woke uh, liberal feminist vibe. It could just be, like, literally this woman had a very direct impact on these other performers. Yeah. Well, it's amazing because it could have been the people she inspired. It could have been her collaborators at the time. It could have been Missy Elliott. Oh, cool. Missy Elliott. Ah, Or Kelly. No, never mind. Knock on wood. Missy Elliott said she would never be involved with the project as long yeah. as the estate wasn't in, what didn't have a, didn't give its blessing. So that's right. when I was like, okay, so the estate is her family. Yeah. Like, I guess her uncle's her family, too, but, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, extended family, not the same, yeah. And I guess R. Kelly's literally in prison, so he can't... Wait, is he in prison still? I forget. I forget. I mean, that would have been, been so canceled if they got R. Kelly 
Well, I mean, they got Chris Brown and like a lot of people will always be mad at Chris Brown for literally beating up Rihanna. Same. I will always be mad to at the Chris brink Brown. of death. I think I will be too. No, fuck that. But yeah, literally her uncle was like, I think there's going to be a really passionate outpouring of reaction to that song. And I was like, yeah, you're a a fucking troll. Like, you know exactly (laughs) what you're saying. And the funny thing is that there was no reaction. No one even noticed that the song came out. Well, that song didn't come out, the Chris Brown one. Oh, the Chris Brown. Okay, okay. The weekend one is called Poison. Let's talk about the weekend one. Like, Let's talk about it. As a first single, it's literally demented and deranged. It's literally bad. It's literally bad. Like, it sounds like she was literally reanimated. Mm-hmm. They like took her corpse and like put some drops of something on her, and then like some type of sound came out. It's like not actually singing. <laughs> like a wailing of a, of the mum of no, I want to say mummy, but you know what I mean. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or in the words of um, Francis Bourgeois, epic tones. <laughs> Francis Bourgeois of train fame, if you don't know. Of train TikTok fame, yeah. We're hoping for some epic tones today, and Aaliyah delivered. They, they probably, like, like robbed her grave, gave her whatever they give Joe, Joe Biden to be a president on a weekly basis, and then recorded whatever. Yeah. Well, I, when you sent me the thing at first, I, I literally thought the project was made with AI, because a lot of people on TikTok do that. They use, like, recordings yeah. of, like, say, Taylor Swift, and from that, they're able to, like, do AI renderings of taylor swift singing songs that are not hers and it always right. sounds really bad and when i first heard it i literally thought it was that the her vocals sound insane like that is not how that should sound okay no like if that's your best product the album is a flaw mm-hmm. and needs to stay buried like mm-hmm. it sounds like they found her vocals on youtube honestly <laughs> it sounds like they ripped them from youtube and they had to like filter out the drums in the background. Like, it's so bad. They had, like, an intern who sort of knew how to use Ableton to filter out the instrumentals. Yeah, like, it must have been such an old MP3, honestly. Like, they really (laughs) dusted that shit off. But, yeah, it's, like... It's sad. The weekend is on the track. Mm -hmm. The production exists. (laughs) Like, The song was released. The song was released. I'm sure the producer was like Aaliyah's uncle's bestie. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's just a no-name producer. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but in this case, there kind of is. It's literally Aaliyah, like the biggest R&B star of the late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah, they should have gone yeah. fucking... Where's Timbaland in all of this, for example? Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I'm guessing he's on Missy's side. Like, I don't yeah. see why they wouldn't just... They wouldn't Most agree. Likely. Yeah. But yeah, it's a disaster. Um, all these for men, her legacy. Yeah, like, the thing is, though, her legacy. Like, they are. But the thing is, she's been off streaming for as long as she's been dead. Yeah, until last year, her legacy is diminished to begin with. That's true. Actually. And like, I don't think people actually care that much about this album. I think the old heads like me are the yeah. ones who care. This song with the weekend. I just think he needs to take a fucking weekend off. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> literally, yeah. He's so I'm so over it. Like he needs to stop collabing or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He needs to just like take a take a year off. Like we're still re- we're still recovering from after hours. <laughs> we're still <laughs> reeling, yeah. <laughs> and then he drops the booster dose of Don FM. Yeah. <laughs> literally, <laughs> and my immune system's flaring up because there's a stranger yeah. in my body, like. My inflammation is getting exactly. hard to get under control. <laughs> yeah. My chronic joint inflammation is like flaring up thanks to the weekend. 
the birth and defects. You, you will be hearing from my lawyers. Yeah. <laughs> he needs to stop. Like, and like right now on TikTok, that one song with him and Gasafelstein, okay. there's like an EP in 2019 of them making songs together. Oh, one weird. of them is like huge on TikTok right now. It's like mm-hmm. no one even wants new music from The Weeknd. Yeah, literally, no. Like we're still using his old music. <laughs> like literally Blinding Lights is still like number 12 or something crazy on the bill, on the 200, Billboard Hot 100. Can we actually fact check that? Is that true? <laughs> no, it's not 12 at all, but yeah, fact check it. I like, I, I mentioned that last weekend too. I was like, I bet it's still, it is literally the new, the number one song of all time, Blinding Lights. Yeah, literally. Save Your Tears is 18. Okay, no, it's not on the chart, I don't think. Well, okay. The truth is it's probably recurrent is what I believe it's called. When yeah. a song is a certain number of weeks old, it just gets put on a different chart. Oh, really? I'm sure it's still doing very well. So, Well, yeah, Save Your Tears is number 18. That's really high for considering that's yeah. like an old project. It's not even the newest project. Yeah. Right, right. Exactly. So we were proven wrong, but honestly, I still believe it. Yeah. Blinding Lights <laughs> is still number one. And uh, <laughs> just like let it breathe. Yeah, you know? let us breathe. Yeah, save my breath. <laughs> literally the name of a take song. Take your breath. Oh no, it's take your breath. Yeah. Give my breath to me. Take your breath and save me some tears. Yeah. You're blinding me with... Okay, sorry, I'll stop. Yeah. Um, uh. But I, I'm hopeful, going back to Leah, I'm hopeful that you're right and that it won't tarnish your legacy any further in the sense that it is true that casual listeners are not, don't even know this project exists. And then the real fans know that it's like a bullshit money grab from the uncle anyway, so. Yeah. But it is sad. Fucking Drake. Fucking Drake. Fucking The Weeknd. Why did they even agree to be a part of this? Fucking assholes. I almost agree with that, but then it's like, of course they said yes. Yeah. Would you say no to being part of an Aaliyah album? I don't think you would. I don't think you would. Especially as men. <laughs> men love Aaliyah <clears throat> right straight men men love Aaliyah yeah I don't think they would say no it would be dumb to I mean like the backlash is happening now but like I'm sure when they recorded it there wasn't as much of it and they just like want that on their like their resume you know they yeah, just yeah. like want to have that track and they probably got a shit ton of money too yeah you're probably right I feel like the uncle's just like pissed off it took him so long to get all that shit on Spotify so he's like overcompensating that is annoying. I mean, I, I I don't know the rationale the state had about streaming, but I mean, that is annoying. Yeah. She's not an indie artist that like needs the money, so why not put it on Spotify? I guess maybe yeah. the state wanted the money. Yeah, I think like the reason why it took so long was they were fighting for decades. Right. Um, which is honestly a bummer. Like, it does come down to money every time. Yeah. I noticed there's like an Aaliyah app. And I'm like, okay, who the fuck made this app? It's like an official Aaliyah app with like pictures. I'm like, that's Jesus. not what apps are for. <laughs> <laughs> or like there is one and it's called Instagram. Famously. Literally. Flickr. It's called, yeah, it's called Flickr. No, the Aaliyah app is called Aaliyah app. Okay. And both of those words have two A's. No, the app doesn't have two A's. It does. Oh, in her version of it, right? right it right. does. It does. <laughs> Aaliyah app. Aaliyah's AARP. So, I mean, I mean, like the business side of Aaliyah is not going to improve. Um, no. Safe to say. I guess that's what happens when you die young. 
and are famous. I mean, the same thing kind of happened to Michael Jackson. Like right after he died, they released that album of his yeah. like, demos, and it was like one of the best-selling albums ever or over the year. People yeah. love that shit. Yeah. And then the Amy Winehouse album too, which we mentioned oh, yeah. whenever we talk about posthumous albums. How do you yeah. feel about albums after someone dies anyway, in general? If it was made with the intention of being released or I get to me, it really depends on like at what stage were they at. If it's just a bunch yeah. of demos, it should be released as that, as a bunch of demos. Yeah. Like I think the fans should listen to it because fan, if you're really a fan of musician, you're just a completist. You want every single song you, song you can, mm-hmm. doesn't matter. But, um, yeah, creating something that wasn't a person's vision under the name is not fair to them. Yeah. I don't think. Yeah. Safe to say, like, I mean, we know how labels work. There were probably plans for the next Aaliyah album. Like, yeah. Yeah. Put those sure. songs together. Don't just, like, get any guy who's willing to sing or rap on top to yeah. get involved, you know? Yeah. It's, like, the greatest hits, but, like, no one wants to hear any of it. Yeah. Like the Amy Winehouse thing. It's like, no one really wanted that anyway. What was it? Like the lioness something? Yeah, lioness. See, that lioness flopped. Like, yeah. That one flopped a bit. Eh? I mean, I think it's just the wrong thing to do, a posthumous yeah. album. Not I will say, it. someone like Kafka, a lot of his things were released posthumously and they were incomplete. Hmm. So Kafka makes her an argument for the posthumous unapp- unapproved release. Literally, he wrote those things. Yeah, like just because. Yeah, it's very different for sure. Literally, I'm guessing they've produced essentially randomly to get these songs out. Yeah. I mean, Kafka is not a rapper. <laughs> well, he's <laughs> got we some could bars. Put that I don't shit know. To music. <laughs> <laughs> the next radio hour is just me creating <laughs> 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 metamorphosis and like <laughs> I need him in tone, like. Fly, fly, um, I'll fly or something. <laughs> I guess he's not a fly. He's like some sort of bug. Anyways. I feel like you should commit to doing that. One <laughs> of your songs needs to be that. One of my songs? <laughs> yeah, one of your songs. <laughs> Anyways. Anyways. That's Aaliyah. Speaking of backlash, mm. someone got a lot of backlash last week. Um, a gay guy who also is a drag queen by the name of RuPaul Charles because he released his album Mama Ru is the title of the album Um, one word one word and NPR the opening line of the review is Mama Ru is the final death knell on bubblegum hyper pop Mm. and then there's a really funny tweet going around that describes one of the songs called Smile and they say that smile waters down early bubblegum hyperpop in an act of bleak corporate reappropriation and sounds as if producers tried to rec- recreate a Charlie XCX song from memory after a blackout inducing hit of poppers. Oof. Oof. Grim. <laughs> well, first of all, homophobic. I hope a, a gay guy wrote that. <laughs> no, it's it's a woman. Oh, so okay. it is homophobic. <laughs> It's like, sis, I don't think you can make those. I'm joking. She can make whatever jokes she wants. Um, <laughs> She's a queen, honestly. I listen to Smile, and yes, I mean, it's literally lift. It's anthems. It's anthems by Charlie XCX, 100%. It sounds a bit like anthems, yeah. It's um, it's an abomination. <laughs> I would say I'm surprised, but I'm just not. Like, it's we've RuPaul. heard bad hyperpop for oh, yeah. seemingly decades at this point. Like, yeah, yeah. at the very least, five years. 
Was I surprised that RuPaul jumped on Hyperpop a bit? I will say that. Mm. Because it's not... Um, like, his music is always very club music. It's not yeah. like it's not like housey club that he or she does. So that was a right. bit surprising for me. But it makes sense. That's what he does. He's a culture vulture. He did it with Azealia Banks in the past. He's, with Big Big Beat, he made it into Call Me Mother. Yeah. And that's not confirmed legally in the justice system. No. But, but in the court of public opinion, we've rubber stamped that. I rubber stamped that. In the court of faggot opinion, it's, it's, it's a fact. It's a... It's been... It's a fagged. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, the album came out. Everyone was making fun of it. Um, but here comes Juan the Contrarian. Mm. I would like to make a case for RuPaul. Okay. Um, let me start. Let you start. <laughs> yes, he did a lot of... Had a lot of like transphobic comments in the past. And yes, I he took a very long time to accept like trans contestants in the show. Mm-hmm. But RuPaul has become like the easiest target, like easier target than like making fun of Comic Sans or something because he's so obviously evil, but people forget that it's, that he's also a really talented drag queen, like literally top five talented drag queens out there. Mm. And to me, that was confirmed. Uh, you don't watch RuPaul's Drag Race, but this season he's amazing. He's being really funny, mm-hmm. but also some, a song that I really love <laughs> of this album that actually doesn't sound hyper pop at all is Blame It on the Edit which sounds a bit more like old school, like normal RuPaul. But what I love about that song is that she is like mocking all the public opinion that people have of her as being this like evil, super like Machiavellian reality TV producer who like changes the edit to make the girls look really evil. Yeah, And I love that she's like making fun of that because at the end of the day, she made all these girls. Like I get it that all these girls lent a lot of labor and talent and the show would not be a thing without them. But RuPaul literally created a market for drag queens that did not exist before. Pretty incredible. Yeah, it's pretty like there's millionaire drag queens out there, like yeah, twenty plus. There was none before 2010. Like it's just not a thing. Yeah. So while I agree that she's evil, she's also just like it's her job. Like no one comes at Andy. I guess people do come for Andy Cohen all the time. Hmm. But there's talent to that. There's like there's a craft to that, and she's really good at making one of the best reality TV shows literally ever. And Blame It on the Edit is a genius expression of her, like, self-awareness and her, like... She has this thing where she just, like, mocks everything. She laughs at everything. And I love that about RuPaul. And that's it. That's my rant on how RuPaul should be appreciated just a bit more. Just a tiny bit. No, I agree. Um, Where do I start with that, honestly? Yeah, I like your comparison to Andy Cohen, kind of. Um, Because I actually do think the Day of Reckoning for Andy Cohen is still to come. You think? I do, yeah. I've, like... This is for later, but I, I'm going to bookmark that. I think, I think it's coming. <laughs> like, I don't think he can get away with this shit for much longer. Yeah. Like making these grown women cry so often. Every week, several times a week. Every week. And literally kind of laughing, you know, like yeah. laughing to the bank. Anyways, my problem actually with RuPaul is the aesthetic. Oh, these music videos are disgusting. an offense. Yeah, to the like, eye. They use shitty stock footage. But they also use this old footage of RuPaul as like a drag queen mm-hmm. on the streets of New York. But you're talking about two different videos. I guess you're right. Yeah, I'm talking about there's like some good like archival footage of RuPaul in Blame It on the Edit, that video. Which, quick aside, something really genius they do in that video is they edit mm. the old footage to make it seem like she's singing. Deep fake, whatever. Yeah, yeah. So they're making like Blame It on the like they're making it seem like they edited her. Like, you know what I mean? 
It goes with the theme. Of the yeah, song. yeah. It is actually clever. Um, yeah. But then you have the smile video, which is Oof. literally RuPaul standing still in front of a green screen. <laughs> Multiple layers of stock footage happening behind her. The cheapest stock footage too. <laughs> the cheapest. And it's just like, girl, you need a new editor. Like that's yeah. not going to pass. Yeah, yeah. Especially when you're trying to do hyper pop, it's like not the look. No. And maybe like that's never what RuPaul will be. But then in that case, don't use the music. Like, don't you, yeah, yeah, you know what you're exactly. getting into. I mean, yeah. the truth is she doesn't know what she's getting into. But She was giving like some, this magazine stock. Yeah. <laughs> that's really generous of me though. That's actually funny because that's kind of true. And yet, why wasn't I laughing? <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's not. It's, I don't think the intention was there. It's just so ugly. Like it's truly an ugly video smile. Yeah. I think it was just like a corporate effort to make the cheapest video possible. So literally they went with like stock images. I don't know. It looks like it to me. Yeah. So yeah, the uh, the review did mention it being kind of a corporate money grab for RuPaul to be using Hyperpop production. Is RuPaul a corporation? <laughs> Is RuPaul corporate? Yeah. Yeah. Would it sound this bad if it was a corporation? <laughs> like, I feel like there's probably an LLC somewhere in there, but like, right. do you know what I'm saying? So what you're saying is that it's so bad that it shows like an individual was actually behind it. It's like literally there was like kind of like one writer. Right. There's <laughs> one a vision. Producer. There's a vision there. It's just like a really bad vision. It's not just yeah. corporate. Yeah. RuPaul videos, I guess, will always look the same. They will always look the same, yeah. And 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 his target audience is like the basic, the most basic of gays. Yeah, yeah. So it makes sense that that sound or, would have trickled down, but yeah, exact. Who just got into hyperpop like last year, so they're like loving it. I guess I'm assuming. I don't know. Drag them. I mean, are they? Yeah, that's the thing. I don't know. Yeah, we don't even know. We don't. We don't know them. We don't know any. <laughs> <laughs> who are these people we speak of? Do they exist? Yeah, I know. Are we just making up a group of people? No, basic gays exist. I just haven't interacted with them in a second. So, Day of Reckoning for RuPaul. I think RuPaul's going to have one soon. Uh, Tyra's having hers right now. And you okay. think that Andy's going to have... People are going to come for Andy soon. Thank you for bringing it back, yeah. Well, the reason I say that is because I've been watching Salt Lake City after mm -hmm. literally years of withholding it. So I'm almost caught up to real-time... That happened in a week. Yes, it was crazy. <laughs> yeah, it was one weekend. Fuck. <laughs> Literally hours and hours and hours of content. I mean, I don't know if people felt this way at the time. It's like hard to watch Housewives late and like know what people were thinking. You know what I mean? But I felt bad for Jen Shaw. Like that was a lot of crying. Like she was genuinely like the first season going through it in the first season. Yeah, especially towards the end. Like they just kind of were in this feedback loop of like making her apologize for stuff and her seemingly genuinely not understanding and like kind of implying it was racial. She doesn't play that yet. I kind of wonder if it's true, but she was also aggressive. Aggressively insane. Yeah. I didn't yeah. feel bad from my perspective. I watched live. I was, didn't feel bad because she always escalated things so much, especially the yeah. season finale of season one, where she just like throws a glass and like leaves the room for no reason. That glass became such a symbol of how crazy she is, yeah. yeah. But no, I never really felt that bad about her, actually, to be honest. People have said that to me, yeah. yeah. Maybe it's something about watching it all at once, but um, yeah, I did feel bad for Jen Shaw, and I'm going to miss her now that she's, I guess, arrested. I don't really know. Well, her, that's going to be... Like I, I really hope they record this for season three, 
but their her trial starts like in a couple of weeks or something. Oof. Yeah, that would be so iconic if it's captured on TV. But I was reading today that apparently her associate pleaded guilty. Stuart. So, yeah, it's likely that she was guilty. I mean, it's such an evil thing what she did. Um, mm. Still from the vulnerable. Yeah, still from like the old and the vulnerable sex savings. Um, but one thing I will say, going back to what you said about Andy Cohen, I find yeah. it incredibly suspicious how every time these women join the show, then these secrets that have been in the vaults for the years, if not decades, suddenly come out when they're suddenly on TV. And obviously it affects like yeah. the fact that they're on TV. People come out and it's like, oh, that's Jen. I know all these things about her. But I think there's some shady work there from the producers for sure. Yeah. Um, like I think that when they cast these women, they look into their past and they try to mm. cast the women that have some sort of scandal about to happen because the coincidence is like insane. I know. In every yeah. fucking city. In every, every fucking city. Yeah, I know. I mean, these women are so obscenely wealthy that, like, yeah, there are only certain ways you can make that much money. Exact period, 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 period. And it's like, do they come on the show to free themselves from the shackles of their lifestyles <laughs> to subliminally out themselves to the world? Yeah, maybe that's what they're doing. Like internally, they don't even know it, but they're trying to like just tell the truth. About yeah. yeah, like free their souls or something. It's hard to feel bad for these women like Erica and Jen who are rich Erica, out yeah. of like stealing from others. But it's still shocking to me how they, I think the show just doesn't have their best interest at heart and I would never join that show because it really, I do believe they're like purposefully bring them, them down. Like the whole well, you reached this episode already where they're like outside of the parking lot of, of Beauty Lab. Plus laser. <laughs> and like Homeland Security arrives. Yeah. Obviously, production had to be involved with that too. Like there's rumors. They haven't been addressed yet. I haven't watched any episode. There's rumors that it was Meredith or Mary who told the right. cops. It was production. Obviously, yeah. production wants footage of a housewife getting arrested. That's fucking viral. That's amazing. Yeah. 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 That is amazing. It did yeah. seem like Meredith... And Mary, who arrived at like the chalet early, were onto it. Like Meredith yeah. was not surprised. To be fair, she's never surprised. <laughs> she's on both facially and in vibe. But anyway, especially facially, yeah. Um, yeah. So you've been enjoying Salt Lake City, Saltacious. I've been enjoying it, yeah. But as I like alluded to earlier, um, especially their reunion is just like such a pressure cooker and like an unnatural, mm. like an unnatural social setting. They're really being Hunger Games about it. Like even yeah. Andy says at the beginning, this is the Super Bowl. Mm. And the point is these women are fighting each other on TV <laughs> for gay men's <laughs> entertainment and women. And some women, yeah, some women, some women. Women for sure. I mean, they started the franchise. It was for them at first. It became for gay guys a little bit later in some ways. Yeah. But Andy was always gay. <laughs> and I don't think he, I think he would be getting more flack for it in a Love Island type of way. If he right. wasn't a gay guy. And I'm surprised more housewives haven't killed themselves after like those kind of early housewife deaths when reality TV was a little bit newer. Yeah. yeah. And housewives wasn't such an empire. Because, I mean, they must have aftercare for all these women. Like, the reunions are not a normal thing to go through. That's like, literally, I can't imagine doing that. So stressful. I cannot imagine. Like, they definitely have mental health support oh, for those people. Yeah. And it's like a sport because like, you know that they strategize beforehand 
They they yeah. talk to each other to see who they're gonna go after, blah blah blah. And it's yeah. it, sometimes they're they're shocked. Some I feel like it was Vanderpump once, or maybe it was Giselle at one point. It was like admits that she was not expecting that she was gonna be the target of that reunion or something. I remember Giselle saying that. Yeah. 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 So I mean, literally, just because no one's killing themselves recently doesn't mean like. It's like a healthy show for these people, but obviously they choose to, obviously they get paid to. I'm just saying it's like, it feels more like a gray area to me than it used to. And I think Salt Lake City is especially really toxic. Yeah. Like the relationship these women have with one another is constantly adversarial in a way that not a lot of franchises have, which makes for good TV, but also I think gives less of a break. Like a lot of franchises have like a couple episodes where it's just them really having fun. And I love those episodes too. Especially yeah, like trip, ep- there's trip episodes where they all love each other. And that's important. Yeah. I think it's important to balance. I think Celtic City doesn't yeah. have that as much, for sure. Like I am watching for friendship and like camaraderie, despite what Andy thinks, you know? No, I'm not. I'm absolutely not. I'm sorry. I mean, I'm, I'm watching for the arrest. Don't get me wrong. Like I've yeah. never been more riveted in my life. Finally getting to the arrest episode. It's very riveting, right? Yeah. Insane. Really good episode. It's so much more than the preview, thank God, because I was worried it was just going to be the preview. And that's never the case. It's always the preview is like too much. It's even more than the actual episode. Yeah. yeah. Fucking Homeland Security. Fuck. <laughs> so I'm watching for that, but it needs balance. You're right. I agree that it's all very morally dubious, but I will always be team Andy Cohen. I think he's like a genius storyteller. I, I know that he doesn't yeah. do it. He has a team of producers, but... Like, I think in 10 years, we're going to look back and be like, that was some of the best storytelling we had that decade. Because some of, the, some of these seasons are just so fucking fantastic in a way that scripted shows can't even compare. Yeah. It's funny because these Bravo shows are dealing with the day's issues in such a, like, practical way. Like, all the women are afraid of being canceled. All the women mm-hmm. bristle at being called racist as if that's worse than being racist to the black cast member, you know? Yeah. It's unwritable content is what I'm trying to say. Like when people try to write it, it comes out clumsy. Exactly. Yeah. 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 But they really managed to do that. It's a, have you ever read Camille Paglia on the housewives? No, I haven't. She has some really interesting takes. She's like a big fan of the housewives and she has some really interesting takes on, on the housewives. She calls it like a melodrama. She compares it more to like soap opera. So she, in her head, it's like uh, the modern version of like uh, the young and the restless or whatever, hmm. which I think really works out. And it's just really interesting. I think it's like, I mean, the reality show genre is very new. And I think that hmm. these, the Bravo really managed to like, they're like masters at that medium. And right now it's yeah. really trashy and obviously it's very mor- morally fucked up. But in the future, we're going to look back and be like, these people were at the top of their game in this specific genre of storytelling. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we talk about it all the time. And everyone talks about it all the time. Like everyone of a certain persuasion anyway. (laughs) The homosexual persuasion. Yeah. (laughs) And you see it in how much better they are than uh, Selling Sunset or Netflix produced shows. Right. Absolutely. It's like the magic sauce that Bravo has. Yeah. Well, those shows are neutered completely. Yeah. There's nothing. Exactly. They're neutered. Nothing spicy happening on Netflix. I'm sorry. No. Speaking of... Oh, Ooh. so I watched a Netflix reality show that actually yes. takes a lot of like cues from Housewives and Bravo TV shows. And this yeah, show is called agree. The Hype House. And it's about The Hype House, which is a content creator house in LA, mostly TikTokers. And it's just a group of literal teenagers who get together, make 10 second videos and make more than you listener will ever make in your life. Yeah. And me too. 
Yeah, they literally fund it by doing like these TikToks about an energy drink that I've never heard of. <laughs> yeah. And like none of them want to, but like the manager or whatever who's like 22 yeah. like <laughs> yeah, begs the them one. to do these <laughs> energy drinks videos. Yeah. And that gets them $80,000 a month somehow. It's fucking insane. Fucking insane. Like that alone so is 80000 So you've only watched one episode, right? I watched um, three last oh, night. Oh, Easy to watch. Um, Easy to watch for sure, yeah. Listener, maybe you've heard of some of these people. Charlie D'Amelio's ex, his Chase. name is what? Chase. Chase, Chase yeah. Lil, Lil Huddy. Lil Huddy. Lil Huddy, as he's now known, now that he's off TikTok and a rapper. No, I think he, I, I, he sings in the season finale and it's like emo. It's like screamo. Okay. Honestly, <laughs> should have guessed it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so he's a kind of singer. Um then the other most famous one is definitely Nikita Dragoon, but Nikita, yeah. she doesn't even live in the house. She's just like a no. friend of yeah, exactly. the housewives. Associated <laughs> with um, the house, which I think that has wheels for more seasons. If they like get more associated people, kind of like the housewives. It's interesting because um, actually it does, like a huge plot point is that the famous people leave the hype house. Yeah. And it's clear that Netflix had to bring in some outside people to make it a little bit yeah. clickier. Yeah. Um, interesting because like otherwise mouse click yeah. oh click here that way i thought you meant like... yeah yeah <laughs> no it's a click on its own but like <laughs> the people left in that house other than that guy Vinny or yeah. vince hot oh and chase who's in his own house oh, oh i can see i can see that <laughs> we were like discussing if we could say he's hot or not and to which i say get well soon how <laughs> <laughs> this is how this sees to which i say you're gonna die bitch <laughs> <laughs> No comment until he turns 18. I think he's 18, though. I think he's 18. Oh, really? Okay, well... I think. He might be hot. Vinny's the only famous person left in the hype house, you were saying, yeah. In the actual physical... He's the only famous TikToker who's physically living in this, like, frat house from hell. Literally looks so disgusting. In which people are constantly being pranked. I, I hate that. I know. And yeah, so, like, before... Yeah, they had Addison Ray and Charlie D'Amelio and Dixie D'Amelio, who are literally the three biggest TikTokers, used to be associated with the house. I don't think they ever lived there, but it was kind of like Nikita vibes that they were associated with it. And a lot of the plot point of the whole season, but sort of like the arc is that this guy, who's the leader of it, feels like shit because all these people keep leaving the hype house. And what I found the most interesting about the show is that it's not just about the hype house, it's about like the demise of the hype house. Yeah. It gets more and more towards the end, but it's like they're constantly looking back at like the golden age of the hype house, but that's no longer the case. And it's a, a lot of these hanger-ons and like people who just didn't make it, people who are like somewhat famous, but they're not. Yeah. They're not really famous. Um, so yeah, it's interesting. I liked it. It's actually the most interesting angle it could possibly be. Like if it was for sure peak popular, the hype house, I mean, like that's not fun. That's just literally teenagers like spraying fire extinguishers at each other. <laughs> You know what I mean? And like That's so driving for the shit they actually do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's a decent show. Um, there are like side interviews, confessionals, as Bravo would call them. That kind of clearly the gay guy and Nikita Dragoon are best at, you know, yeah. like they Love are him. the narrators. Yeah. As the girls and gays, they're the narrators, as they should be. As they should be. Absolutely. It's a good perspective to have and a show that's literally so straight. Yeah. The hype is so straight. And they don't have much going on up there, if you know what I mean. Like, Vince yeah. is H-word, but it's like... <laughs> he's also R-word. <laughs> he's also R-word. He has such anger issues. Like, it's 
All he does is Twitch all day. Like Twitch stream, I mean. (laughs) Twitch what? Yeah, stop. (laughs) This is a family show. (laughs) Um, Yeah, they're all pretty stupid. I actually knew Larray from... This is so embarrassing when we say this. I watched a few videos uh, like last year where James Charles played Among Us in his house and LeRae was there. And like Lil Nas X was there too, actually. Oh, crazy. I knew him from that. So he was like a familiar face along with Nikita, who I think everyone were like, she's had a lot of controversy. So I always knew who she was. I never really knew what her deal was. Yeah. Um, I liked her actually. I mean, I see how she's problematic and I'm not even here going to argue that. Sure. If people say that, I don't care. But she's a good, I think in the show, she comes across as a good person. She seems caring about her friendships. She seems smart, actually, yeah. really like clever and like knows what she's doing in life. Yeah. I liked her. She was my favorite part. Yeah. yeah. Always a good entrance. Oh, yeah. The housewives, pink print. <laughs> yeah, literally. The reeds, pink print. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, there you go. That's the hype house. That's Bravo. That's. Aliyah. That hot local singles. That's FK Twix and that's hot local singles. <laughs> Sorry, you were getting there. You were getting there. <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't know you were going to do Aliyah and Twix too. So I was like, mm. I really went back in time to an hour ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. I think we're getting delusional. So it's a good time to wrap I mean, up. it's the middle of the night for me. I have to go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's like 7 p.m. What time is it? It's 8. Right. I'm tired. You're jet lagged. No, but it should be the opposite. You should be like energetic because only three here. I wish. I wish it was only three here. There's nothing crazier than time zones. Yeah. And you can quote me on that. <laughs> they make no sense. They make no sense. I hate them. I hate them. I also live on, I live on Pacific time, even though I literally live on Eastern time. Does that make sense to you? Because you wake up at 12. Because I literally go to bed <laughs> at two every night and wake up at 10 every morning. Like that's my that would be perfect on the West Coast. Yeah, amazing. But if yeah. I was on the West Coast, I would do the same, if that makes sense. Same. Yeah. And then you'd be waking up at much later EST, let's say. <laughs> yeah, let's leave the math to the mathematicians. <laughs> let's. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Our, f- mm-hmm. Our first transatlantic episode. Oh, yeah. I think it went okay. Mm-hmm. Let us know what you think. We'll be back next week. Uh, subscribe to our Patreon. Leave us a five-star review on Spotify and Apple. That's true. Spotify lets you do it now, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's all we have to plug in, to plug, right? Do you have anything that you'd like to promote? No, our 30 listeners know what's up. <laughs> <laughs> our 30 loyal wake yeah. Sending like 30 kisses to the ether. I hope you'll get them. Yeah. Wiglets, feel free to disassemble now. (laughs) But thanks for your time. (laughs) Thank you. Bye. Bye.